What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Thursday, another episode of Simply Sessions. Uh, my buddy Nico was just here in Canada, so I feel like now, now we're sitting apart from each other. We can't even actively touch the tips during this live stream. We have to, we have to mime it. Uh, I want him back in this office. Stat. Uh, maybe I'll make a visit, but we will be seeing each other, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in October. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, nonetheless, yeah, we're here. We're going to be chatting about the news. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, lots of stuff. IMF cracking under pressure. Maybe starting to see the, the writings on the wall. We'll chat about that. Vanguard seems to understand that mining is important, getting a lot of things. Uh, we're going to be chatting a whole bunch of different stuff. CBDCs creeping up on everybody, stealing your cash, all kinds of fun stuff. Nonetheless, this is live. Anything can happen. So I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, share. All that helps this stuff get in front of more eyeballs. Hopefully, you want that to happen. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I do appreciate you all. Uh, I am Ben with BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Before we bring in our friend Nico, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. This is timechaincalendar.com. We're sitting at $31,428 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 3,182 sats. Uh, in terms of fees, next block, 28 sats per byte, picking up just a little bit with, uh, I don't know, maybe. A little bit of green candle action gets people moving stuff around. Anyways, 28 sats per byte next block. If you're willing to wait a little bit, 18 sats per byte. Mempool purging anything sub 2.7 sats per byte. So just keep that in mind. Um, in terms of Bitcoin's mind, 19.43 million, which is 92.52% of the total supply. Shout out to sponsors of the show, hodlhodl.com. If you're buying Bitcoin and you have priorities in mind like peer-to-peer -peer trading, instant self-custody, and no KYC, you can head over to hodlhodl.com, sign up with nothing more than an email address, scroll down, choose a currency, a payment method, and an amount, and start browsing offers immediately. Stack those non-KYC sats. They also have a peer-to-peer -peer lending platform in which nothing is ever rehypothecated. You can check them out today. Links are in the show notes. Now, when you do stack some non-KYC sats, you're going to want to secure them with some of the best damn hardware on the market. CoinKite is killing it. The Cold Card Mark IV is my go-to day-to-day hardware device. They have a ton of other awesome stuff. The Tap Signer is great for travel. Uh, Block Clock is a must on your shelf. Uh, open Dimes, sats cards, all kinds of great stuff. And coming soon, the Cold Card Q1 looks Awesome. Uh, if you want to reserve that or if you want to pick up any of the other stuff I mentioned, head to coinkite.com. Use code BTC Sessions for 5% off everything in the store. If you're looking to move beyond single SIG and take a peek into assisted multi SIG, 
then nunchuck.io has you covered. Uh, the Honey Badger program is awesome. Basically, it works as they hold one key and you hold the rest of the keys in the quorum. They are your signer of last resort. Um, and it keeps everything cozy and secure in a multi-sig and also cuts down on single points of failure. It's super easy to set up on your mobile device with things like the tap sign or the cold card and a bunch of other hardware options. It also has baked in inheritance planning, meaning that your sats will get to your next of kin if anything should happen to you. And one of my favorite things about it, non-KYC as well, meaning you don't have to give up your private information in order to set this up and have it work for you. So check them out, nunchuck.io. Uh, I also just started covering some of their advanced features. There'll be a new tutorial out on that soon. And finally, Start9, your sovereign computing solution. Love these guys. Uh, they recently released a bunch of new devices, but what do they do? You can set up your whole Bitcoin stack here. Bitcoin Core, Lightning, Mempool.Space, JoinMarket, a bunch of other Bitcoin-related applications. Host your data, files, passwords, photos, Nostra relays, Nostra clients, all kinds of great stuff. And you can run it in a dedicated device in your home and reach it remotely from anywhere. I am running now the server pure. It just popped into my, my mailbox the other day. It's all set up. It's beautiful. I just migrated from a server one and I love it. Anyways, uh, you, you can get anything from like entry level all the way up to the hardcore device that I have. Check them out, start9.com. Um, anyways, enough of my rambling. I need to get my buddy in here. Uh, there he is. How you doing, man? What's up, dude? Uh, how you doing, uh, Nico? How's everything? You're in my seat. You know, it's kind of <laughs> kind of strange. It's still warm from you, I think. <laughs> it, What's up, man? Dude, I thoroughly enjoyed the troll that we did in uh, Why Are We Bullish on Friday. We like killed my camera. I hopped out of frame. You hopped in and turned it on, and then just continued speaking as if as if nothing had happened. And everybody played. It was fantastic. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and then you joined for the rest of the show. It was a good time. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was it was great getting to see the legendary BTC uh, BTC session studio where everything happens. It puts my studio to shame. Uh, it's so <laughs> organized and you got things and the lights and it's just this beautiful, you know, this beautiful place where you can make content. I, I got to make it cozy. I'm, I'm in this room way too much. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. I'm glad you could, uh, I'm, I'm glad you could, uh, join and, uh, and partake. It's, uh, it's, it's been a good time, but, um, yeah, man, uh, you're, you're back home. We are, uh, powering through doing it. You, you, you've got your work cut out for you. You've been doing how many shows today? Yeah, today's going to be my, this is my third, and then we got a show together in about an hour or so, and that should be my fourth. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're really burning the candle at both ends, but that's okay. It's, uh, it, I'm sure the plebs and everybody watching appreciates it. So, uh, everybody, like, everybody in the, see him too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck this guy i'm sick of him um yeah man well let's uh let's get into it what's been top of mind what's going on what are you focused on this week dude uh so we got uh your 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 you know your homie pierre polyver if you could uh pull yeah. up this, pull up the screen I i'm pretty sure he was in alberta when he did this and the reason for that is because now I'm an Alberta expert. Okay, I've been there, and I and I and I went to Banff, and <laughs> I saw a 
Sir Thorne and his bagpiper. If you know, you know. Probably no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. But I am, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm well-versed in Alberta, okay? And I'm pretty sure that he's wearing a cowboy hat because he was at the uh, the Stampede. He was. That So this is a speech from the Stampede. Anyways, so, um, okay, all seriousness. Um, so this is this is really interesting, Ben, because for, for a couple of reasons. Now in the U.S., you have RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. on the Democratic side, and you have Ron DeSantis on the Republican side, both anti-central bank digital currency. In the case of RFK Jr., he's super pro-Bitcoin. He said, uh, you know, he said at the Bitcoin conference, basically announced it, I'll protect your right to hold Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And then Ron DeSantis... Uh, basically saying, look, does it really mention Bitcoin specifically? He says crypto, but he did pass an anti-central bank digital currency bill in Florida, which passed, right? So in in the U.S., there's a non-zero chance that there'll be an anti-CBDC president in the White House in 2024. In Canada, I don't know when your guys' next election is, but now there's also a non-zero chance that there will be a anti-CBDC pro bitcoin president in the equivalent of the canadian white house i don't know what that's called prime minister in the in the i don't know um um, in parliament we'll say i don't know (laughs) in the 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 canadian equivalent of 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 the white house right um and that is crazy right Mm because these are not you know small you know uh you know central american or african countries right these are very very big and wealthy uh, nation states that, you know, might have uh, politicians that are pro Bitcoin. So I think that's really cool. Anyways, I'm going to play the video. I'm going to play it for about a minute because then the last 30 seconds, he starts to get into the political rhetoric. But I yeah. thought it was interesting. Let's check it out. Often he makes my very best arguments for me. I want everyone to speak freely. We have Section 2B of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to be or not to be. That is the question. I will honor the charter, repeal the online and on-campus censorship, and stand up for freedom of expression for all Canadians. Absolutely. Freedom. We will uphold freedom here and everywhere. We will stop interference by Beijing in our democracy. Canadians should choose their government, not communist dictators from abroad. We'll bring in a foreign influence registry to track and expose any who are paid by foreign dictators to influence and manipulate our politics. We will ban all of my ministers and top government officials from any involvement in the World Economic Forum. All right, I think we get the general gist of it. Um, did he mention CBDC yet? No, that's because, right after this, actually. Uh, so yeah, let's continue. Thank you. There will be no more mandates, no more cent- no central bank digital currency, no mandated digital ID. Okay, there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, we had to endure <laughs> <laughs> the politics for a long time just to get to that part. That's um, okay. 
they could have just cut out, cut out the last 10 seconds. Um, but anyways, uh, so round of applause for Pierre. He's already got a ton of it. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I think if you see that speech in itself, you'd say, okay, that's a bunch of fucking noise. Yeah. doesn't matter. But I think if you connect the dots and you look at it from a macro perspective and you see what's happening in other countries, um, I think this is extremely bullish. And just to kind of add to your point, what you said in the very beginning, um, yeah, I don't trust him at all whatsoever. I don't think I trust any politicians, but do we really need them to trust? Do, do we really need to trust them or are they or is it good enough if they at least slow down uh, the other side? And that would be my take. Yeah, I so I think in terms of that, everybody's like, is he actually a Bitcoin or is he using that as a I mean, <laughs> if if I, I would say that um, being a Bitcoiner is not yet a thing that helps get you elected. So if somebody's bringing up Bitcoin, I don't know if it's coming from a place of this will get me votes because um, realistically, like the FUD around it is likely to hurt you in votes uh, more than it's likely to help. So I do think that he is a Bitcoiner. I know that he's got good Bitcoiners that he spends time around. So he's probably at least getting a decent education around that stuff. Um, I, I enjoy the idea of uh of of being like yo let's not have uh our elected officials be part of the world economic forum um maybe that's not a good idea uh and then the thing that struck me the most is not that he said um we're not gonna you know i won't let a central bank digital currency happen which that is a thing that i'm like great i don't want that here but the more striking thing is that that got cheers from the audience, not as boisterous as some of the other stuff, but it means that a good chunk of the audience understands that a CBDC is not in their best interest. And that to me is bullish. If the average individual looks at a CBDC and says, whoa, that's not going to be good for me. That's not going to help me. It means that the shitty marketing from our central banks saying this is going to be super helpful for everybody involved. Um, it's not working and everybody's seeing through their BS and that's great. It's great to see that that's not, uh, that's not panning out for them. So, uh, yep. maybe, maybe I, I, I'm, I'm more hopeful for society than I was before I heard those cheers. <laughs> Do you think they know what they're cheering? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just be a little bit hopeful and naive for a, for a period of time. That's okay. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to imagine that all of them were like, yes, central bank digital currency means uh, surveillance <laughs> and censorship. And that's horrible for everybody instead of just man in hat said good things uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, you know, uh, you guys are extremely freaking nice. Okay. I'm so used to like, you know, walking down the street and then someone basically saying, fuck you with their eyes. And over there, they're like, <laughs> hello with their mouth as well. Uh, exactly. And they're like, hello, how are you? Um, <laughs> you know, and you kind of, you know, like if you cross, if like you did something wrong, like they'll apologize, you know, which I think is awesome. It's very Canadian. Um, it's a very, very nice country. Samuel um, uh, wants clarification who that was. Uh, that's uh, Samuel. That is uh, Pierre Polyev. He is next in line 
to potentially be the leader of Canada, the prime minister of Canada. So there will be an election. And Nico, you said you weren't sure when it's going to happen. At the latest, it will be 2025. So two years time. Um, right now, I'd say the chances and a lot of polls are showing the chances of Polyev actually winning are like a coin toss. It could be like 50-50. So there's a 50, like in all realness, there's a 50-50 chance that there could be like an anti-CBDC pro-Bitcoin prime minister of Canada inside of two years, which is uh, pretty interesting. And had you said that two years ago, I would have said you were crazy. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's crazy how this whole timeline thing is happening. Anyways, uh, all right, so let's talk about the IMF, our friends at the IMF, and uh, you know our friend Augustin Carson as well. We all we all know him. That's where all the inflation goes. Um, anyways, so IMF paper on taxing Bitcoin sees quasi autonomy as greatest challenge. Policymakers are struggling to accommodate cryptocurrencies within tax systems not designed to handle them. This paper reviews the issue that arise. The risks for now appear more latent than real, but this can change. So it goes on to say, the greatest challenges for implement implementation, quasi-anonymity is an inherent obstacle to third-party reporting. Quote, this is because their essence and the core motivation behind their development is precisely to avoid placing trust in centralized institutions of a kind that might be able to provide information to the tax authorities or perhaps to levy some kind of withholding tax. The good news for tax authorities and regulators is that is that contrary to the vision of original Bitcoin designers, a core role has emerged for centralized institutions of various kinds in the transacting of crypto assets, notably exchanges through which they are bought and sold, right? So like basically they're seeing the writing on the wall, like we're not going to be able to control the money flow slash tax as effectively as we've been able to do so. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're kind of in the bargaining phase. They're like, wait a second. But if we capture the exchanges, we will be able to do all the controls and the surveillance that we've been able to do so. And then just kind of, if you use common sense, like what is the next step, right? And you kind of connect the dots with the language that is being uh, introduced by your, uh, the, the, the European Central Bank, right? The Mika regulation. Um, unhosted and un unhosted wallet so you can kind of see where oh you know the, the hosted wallets are okay because we could surveil it and we could see what's going on and we could see what third party you know you're transacting with and that's necessary and unhosted wallets are bad and this is what the imf is is basically saying and and then connect this with the piece that was released uh, that I think we covered the on the first In Between Two Tips episode, Ben, <laughs> where um, basically it said that the IMF is is coming to realize that they're not going to be able to ban this thing. And there's been there's actually a an article that we're, we'll cover today on Simply Sessions written by Crypto Vistardo, Um, And he layouts three countries and, you know, approaching it as to why he believes that IMF has changed tune. So I, I believe that this is another phase in the bargain in the in the in the stages of denial this is kind of like the the bargaining phase that they're going through where it's like okay wait a second this is going to be a tax issue but it's okay we could let it happen uh because there's centralized exchanges and because of the centralized exchanges we could still have the same surveillance and controls that 
we once had. So everything's kumbaya, everything's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, the, so the interesting thing about all of this, the IMF stuff, is is all of the quotes is it's just so overtly like, geez, I'm we're not going to be able to steal from these people as efficiently as we used to. Is basically what they're saying. Like the whole thing is just like we used to be able to steal here, 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 here often here many times here and now they're like oh that's gonna be so much harder if people just want to exchange goods and services back and forth but the entire thing that they're talking about hinges on the exchanges in a world where bitcoin is just money oh i see you augustus he's listening <laughs> he's listening in a world where bitcoin is just money then their plan of attack of oh well just we'll just get the centralized entities i mean the the grand vision for bitcoin ex exchanges is that they're obsolete right they obsolete mm -hmm. themselves as they become ex uh, successful the more people that own bitcoin the less people use exchanges because they start using bitcoin and earning it day to day so i think that's my takeaway from that part of it a hundred percent like you're 100 percent uh, spot on, uh, with the, the, the end goal, the end goal is we have to get these things are, I guess you could say that there it's a transition, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, but do you think we'll ever get there? I mean, I, I think we'll get there when fiat ends, right, yes. Ben? Yeah. It's like when fiat is dead, then there won't be a necessity for, you know, the things, I guess. Yeah. When, when fiat ends, the IMF just, does it doesn't exist because there's no international monetary fund to deal with like there's there's no entity like that yeah a hundred percent uh wait i'm just laughing at the at the chat <laughs> augustus is opti's ex <laughs> man is, was he trading up or down when he went from augustus to chrissy oh man i think i think i don't know but i i'm definitely gonna put that as a breaking on <laughs> simply bitcoin twitter oh man oh he's gonna kill me okay all right so we all know augustus wants your bitcoin on a centralized exchange because he'll still be able to you know take from it take from it he wants to take from your cookie jar Anyways, um, so speaking of more craziness, uh, I, I feel like this entire article, Ben, it is it's an, an entire coping type of article. Like it is is just one big cope cope. Uh, it is highly entertaining uh, because of how much cope is in this article. But um, it's actually even written from a first person perspective. And the name of the uh, the 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 author is Marie McGuinness. And he goes on to say, he says, during the pandemic, I returned to Belgium from Ireland only to discover that I had left my wallet behind. After the usual panic, I realized that I wouldn't have any trouble buying groceries or making other payments. I didn't have cash. and I didn't have my credit cards or debit cards, but I did have the digital wallet on my smartphone. Everyday finance has gone digital in just a few years. It's been a gradual yet profound evolution accelerated by the pandemic. Forget your wallet like I did. Use your smartphone or smartwatch. Splitting a bill? Scan a QR code on a friend's phone to pay them back. Shopping online? Choose from a myriad of different options to pay. But while we make payments using our digital wallets, what we don't have yet is a digital form of cash. That means something that, we, that can be used just as cash is today. 
legal tender that can be accepted everywhere and that can be exchanged for one for one with physical cash. There are various forms of crypto. The centralized uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or so-called stable coins like Tether with a value usually tied to the US dollar. But the past year has clearly demonstrated that crypto is volatile and unlike Euro cash or digital Euro, it is not backed by a central bank. Okay, <laughs> so a couple things to unpack there. Number one, I traveled to I traveled to Canada, and the vast majority of time, well, Ben didn't let me pay, but the times that I was able to pay, I used Apple Pay, and it was very very fast. It was very efficient, and all you got to do is you got to click the two buttons on the side of your phone, and it goes bing. And I'm sure Android has some type of equivalent. Mm -hmm. Why do you need a uh, digital euro for that? I don't know. Um, and then the other thing in terms of the volatility aspect. Um, so let's let's talk about that, right? So here's the euro. Um, here's price in Bitcoin. On a five-year time scale, the euro is actually down 80% towards Bitcoin. On a three-year time scale, it's down 70%. On a year time scale, it's down 30%. Year to date, 44%. Month, 13%. Maybe they're talking about the week. Because on a weak time scale, the euro is actually up 59.59% against Bitcoin. So is, it, is it still? Because we had a bit of a pump earlier today, so maybe that's out of date. <laughs> you're right. Maybe let's press refresh. Yep, it's still there. So uh, okay. maybe the article is right in terms of on a weekly basis, this person, Mr. McGinnis, um, you're right, bro. Bitcoin is volatile and the euro is actually up 0.59% against Bitcoin this week. So you're right, man. If, if you were holding Bitcoin from Monday to Friday, you would have been fucking wrecked yeah. in euros by yeah. half a percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. But in all seriousness, yes, there's volatility, but the volatility goes up and to the right while fiat currencies goes down into the right. And again, like I'm reading this article and, and, uh, and this is actually a call to action to Bitcoin developers. Apple pay is awesome. It is so easy to use. I click two buttons on my phone and I go ding and it vibrates and it makes me feel good. Like Bitcoin wallets need to get to that point mm -hmm. because it is so easy to use. Why do you need a central bank digital currency for that? Why do you need one if it already works, right? Well, it's obvious the reason why you need one. It's because Augustine can't take from your cookie jar if there is no central bank digital currency. That's why, you know, I'm but so it's just so bad in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad at me right now. I'm calling him out. He's like, Nico, stop talking. I, we need a central bank digital currency that we can control, right? With that famous <laughs> video. Um, so, yeah, man. That's my take, man. That's my, that's, that's my two sats. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of redundant. Like the, the, the typical tropes of, wow, it's digital and it's faster and it'll be more convenient for all. The only reason that fiat is, is slow and inaccessible to a, a large number of people on this globe is because they've regulated themselves into corners and there's counterparty risk involved. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like people, people in certain places are, are not going to accept credit um, when it doesn't settle, you know, quickly. And so there's, there's a lot of opportunity for fraud there. It's not a bearer instrument. So that's a problem. Um, but in general, 
it's not like it's the the regulation in and around money are is the problem like they've all regulated themselves into corners to not be able to offer these types of services um i i think some people will will use it in terms of they'll just be duped into it and then it'll be too late um i think that the people that aren't duped into it some of them will be uh, encouraged to use it by uh, various incentives like, oh, here, get your UBI check and then you'll be good. And, you know, it'll be round of UBI until it's just uh, forever clawbacks. And, and um, you know, if you don't spend it quick enough, we're going to take it back from you and we're going to debate like all of those control mechanisms will come after everybody's enticed to use it. But uh, I think Bitcoiners are on the uh, up and up and, and know that the CBDC is rat poison. A hundred percent. And, uh, that's why Augustus is frowning right now. Yes. Yeah. He, he knows that we know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so big, big news, uh, on the quote unquote institutional adoption. Um, here's alpha Zeta. He's the chief, uh, intelligence officer at Swan or chief investment officer at Swan better said, um, and it's kind of like the story that we've heard over and over again, right? The first story was, um, the story of, of BlackRock and Larry Fink and basically saying that Bitcoin is only good for money laundering. Fast forward five years, five years later, Bitcoin's incentives stay winning number go up. Technology does its thing. And then Larry Fink is Bitcoin is actually an international asset. Um, well, B Vanguard which for anyone that doesn't know is the second largest asset manager in the world uh, behind BlackRock. Um, they also changed tune. Uh, this is an article from 2018, a headline Vanguard chief. You will never see, see a Bitcoin fund from us. Fast forward. Vanguard now owns $560 million worth of Bitcoin mining stocks. They own 10% of riot, which is the largest publicly traded Bitcoin mining company right so again bitcoin's incentives stay winning maybe they stay true because they said there's no fund <laughs> but i mean at the same time you know uh bitcoin's incentives stay winning now here is microstrategy and because it is a publicly traded company you can see the top 10 uh stocks or owners that they have and there's a couple of them right there's vanguard group that owns uh 3.4 uh, 3.4 or they increase their shares by 3.4 but is you know one of the largest sharehold shareholders of microstrategy with 8.52% fidelity with 6.2 and blackrock with 5.58% and morgan stanley which i'm pretty sure is an owner of bank of america um, mm -hmm. if my memory serves me correctly and they got some shares in microstrategy in fact they increased it by 15% <laughs> so and MicroStrategy, the interesting part about MicroStrategy is that they, it acts as an ETF basically already. Like the MicroStrategy like, like, uh, stock literally is com com uh, completely correlated with the price of Bitcoin, right? So even though these big ass institutions aren't getting direct exposure yet, right? They sure want to, they sure do like number go up technology, you know, mm -hmm. because. Uh, they're trying to get exposure to it somehow buying 10% of a mining company. That is, that's some I, interesting stuff. I love, I love the, the definite statements that they put out the absolute statements that uh, we, we will never, never 
do this and then you know turns out never is a long time right so <laughs> uh those those types of statements tend to tend to age poorly especially in relation to to bitcoin um so yeah i mean you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of this i mean jp morgan uh you know it's jamie diamond saying oh i'd i'd fire anybody on my staff that was uh had anything to do with bitcoin and then turns out you know they're doing all kinds of shit with bitcoin so like yeah it's it's um it's it, uh, there's going to be so many of these stories in the coming years we're we're now getting to the point where it, the inverse will be true it'll be like if you're not involved in this in some capacity um it's going to be a big red flag yeah uh 1 1 million percent i think it, it's what you said man like it it, it <laughs> They, they can only take an ideological stance for so long. And because they're public companies, right, they're like the, they're public companies. So their shareholders are going to be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, um, and this is Bitcoin's incentives. And it's crazy because it's like ground up, you know, mm -hmm. it's not top down. It's like this like ground up seepage into every facet of society, whether that's, you know, Mr. Polier with his with his hat. <laughs> talking about anti-CBDCs or Ron DeSantis or RFK Jr. using that as like a, you know, as a political campaign slogan. Um, like Bitcoin is just seeping in from underneath and these central bankers, they don't know what to do, bro. There's too many leaks and they're, you know, Augustus, yeah. he, his fingers are too, too big and they, he doesn't know what to do with them anyways. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, fingers can't plug those holes very well. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Bitcoin <laughs> is coming through. Okay. Anyways. Um, okay. So uh, another kind of example, not your keys, not your Bitcoin or yeah. not your, not your keys, not your money. Better said, right? Here's a lot. And he says, I'm with my wife and daughter in a bank of America office. They shut down my account with any notice or X with, with uh, I'm assuming he says without any notice or explanation. And we won't be able to feed our family or pay medical expenses. We are staying here until it's fixed. So far, they have refused to even explain why they did this. Okay, so that's lesson number one, right? It is if you have to ask somebody else for permission, is it really your money, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's been a hundred years of history, whether it's the great bank runs of the, I think it was like late 1920s or early 1930s, or uh, you know, even in Lebanon lately, right? You know, people were freaking out to the point that they would go to the bank and hold it hostage. And instead of like trying to rob the bank, they're just like, dude, just give me my money. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, it's the lesson that we, that we know in Bitcoin, it's not your keys, not your Bitcoin, but it's even worse than that. Uh, it seems like they were doing some other stuff behind the scenes. I'm going to pay you a part of this clip. Wait. Are you hearing stuff? Oh, is the volume not coming through? I'm not oh. seeing the video. Oh, oh, here we go. How about now? Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, let's try it again. Federal regulators are ordering Bank of America to pay up. They say the bank charged illegal junk fees to consumers and opened fake accounts. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has ordered Bank of America to pay more than $100 million to customers, another $90 million in penalties, and on top of that, the bank has to pay an additional $60 million in fines. CNN's Matt Egan joins us now live. So, Matt, what does this mean for Bank of America and its customers? 
Well, Boris, these are alarming allegations against one of America's largest banks, and they are eerily similar to the Wells Fargo scandal of years ago. Here's what regulators are alleging that Bank of America did. First, that they had this double-dipping fee scheme where when customers tried to buy something, if they didn't have enough money in their account, they were slapped with a $35 fee, but not once, multiple times for the same transaction. That is a big no-no. Regulators also say that Bank of America was withholding credit card rewards. We're thinking about uh, bonus points and cash rewards, withholding that to tens of thousands of credit card customers. And also, this is the part that is uh, reminiscent of Wells Fargo. Regulators say that Bank of America employees opened up fake accounts in an effort to hit sales goals that have since been disbanded. All right. I, I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, you know, um, if that's not a better advertising for Bitcoin, I don't know what the fuck is, bro, at this point. Dude, like, and it keeps on, ha like, they they said it, oh, well, eerily, you know, this this is eerily similar to what Wells Fargo did. It Banks steal from you. That's, like, their business model, man. Like, that's that's what they do. And, and I don't, like, again, like, people, we've been taught our entire lives that you couldn't possibly... Uh, be responsible enough to care for your own money, despite the fact that everything else in life we're told, uh, figure it out, learn, you know, you gotta, you gotta deal with this stuff yourself, you know, be an adult, you know, care for, you know, grow up, get a job, um, take care of your kids, take care of your property, um, you know, take care of your vehicle, whatever it may be. But God forbid you take care of your own money. You couldn't possibly be responsible enough to do that. And I think it's just BS. I think it's just propaganda we've been fed uh, to say that, you know, if, if you're capable of taking care of all these other things, including taking care of children, infants that require you to survive, then you're more than capable of, of taking care of your wealth as well. Like, and, and what's, <laughs> what's more valuable your your money or like a living breathing child i would say the child and so that's that's like if you can take care of that you can take care of something that i would say is less valuable which is like your own money 100%. so yeah that, that, that beautifully said right like if you can take care of a child you can definitely write down 12 words right yeah. um like it's as simple as that and I think society has been brainwashed. And I think that 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 convenience, right? Like I think the the slippery slope of convenience. And I think a lot of people got enticed by that. It's like, oh, like, you know, I brought up the example with Apple Pay before. Yeah, Apple Pay is very fucking convenient. But Apple Pay is also I have to use a bank for Apple Pay. Mm -hmm. And what if I was in that situation, then that poor person, uh, you know, that that very unfortunate person better said, was in and then all of a sudden my apple pay wouldn't work and you know what will always work bitcoin that i have in self-custody yeah and there, there's not there's nothing there's nothing anyone could do about it especially augustus that's why he's so upset that's why he's so angry and grumpy all the time um <laughs> so it. yeah man it's if, uh if you could take care of a puppy from out of compliance <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair uh, I love that. I love that. Well, we got about two minutes left. I got one headline we could read, which I think right. is really interesting. You know what? Let's let's do this and let's let's kind of compare the and contrast the two. So we we know uh, we know we've been covering El Salvador on on Simply Sessions for a very long time, and mm -hmm. we've been covering how the legacy corporate media has been 
angling El Salvador. Now, I think that this is the most ridiculous headline I've ever seen. Um, so it says the country with the highest murder rate now has the highest incarceration rate. El Salvador President Ayn Bukele kicked off a gang crackdown that has support that has strong support from locals who can now live and do business safely, but it faces questions from rights groups. Okay, fine. You say, okay, you know, they locked up 1% of the population. That's terrible. But the dude also has a 90% approval rating. There's this, the story goes on to tell story, like this, this uh, article goes on to tell literally stories about how people in slums, like here's, here's the one. Um, I would vote for Bukele 10 more times. Uh, uh, Edwin Alvos, who recently opened a Mexican restaurant near a notorious San Salvador slum two years ago, I wouldn't have opened a business here. This was a red zone. He, he used to fork over 6000 a year in extortion payments in a failed effort to keep open, open clothing and restaurant businesses. In the slums that surround the country's capital, parents now say their children can play outside without asking permission from one once omnipresent street gangs. Middle-class teens gather at the coffee shop of Central San Salvador, and restaurants are filled with families having dinner. I don't know about you, but maybe that's why the dude has a 90% approval rating? Isn't that the whole point of government to like keep law and order and make people safe? Isn't that the whole point of paying taxes? I don't, I, I was talking to Jimmy song yesterday, uh, Ben, and I think that money plays such an integral role in society, right? Mm-hmm. Is half of every transaction is the base layer. If that base layer is corrupted, it corrupts the incentive structure. What happens if that base layer is not corrupted? It's actually a strong, truthful base layer, and the incentives are actually aligned. Then all of a sudden, maybe the government actually does what the government is supposed to do, and then make crazy thought. Maybe that's what you're seeing in El Salvador. And you know why I believe this is true? Because of the amount of propaganda and spin and shit that they're throwing at this tiny little Central American country that no one gave a flying fuck about mm-hmm. before they passed the Bitcoin law a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to me when I when I see this, like I, you know, there there is I'm, I'm torn two different directions because like part of me is like shit the the people that you know got swept up in this that maybe you know that were completely innocent and they're thrown behind bars and it's like like that that should be sorted through and um and and probably you know taken a look at but at the same time it was the it was the highest homicide homicide rate on the planet per capita people could not go outside and to see that much of a turnaround. And I don't know what the solution is in terms of like, what is the quote unquote most right way to do things. Um, but to have that stark of a change that quickly and to have an entire population that is like, oh, I couldn't go outside before and our children basically weren't allowed out, you know, in the streets whatsoever. And now everybody's like, oh, we can like, go and enjoy our cities and we can have children and not worried about them like being shot in rival gang fire, uh, you know, every other day. 
Um, you know, when you're weighing things, like I would say it was worse before. And I, I would say it's hard to argue that standard of living, um, now is not better. Right. And so how do you, how do you fix that big of a problem where it's the highest homicide rate on the planet per capita, um, in a way that causes the least deaths and gets people back to like a, a degree of normalcy and being able to live their lives, not in fear. And I don't know, maybe, maybe this, this way that they're doing it was the quickest and, and most humane way to do it. And now you sort through and, and the part of me that thinks that that may be true is because is because of Bitcoin being there. And I know people will be like, well, what the hell is the connection there? It's because by implementing a, a currency that can't be manipulated by the government, it, it, it vastly reduces the powers of that nation state in terms of like how much they can exploit their citizens. And so by virtue of Bitcoin being baked in and teaching the citizens locally about Bitcoin and how to utilize it, even if it's not widely used yet, because it's obviously it's been like two years, um, it's going to take time. I think having that there, even if uh, Bukele got to the point where it was like, guy with a lot of power does some good stuff and then does some really bad stuff. There's a tool of freedom that has been given to the people there. And that tool can be used also against the existing government. So I think there's a, there's a degree of check there. Again, I'm like, I, I don't know even what I'm really saying here in terms of a definitive, this is good or this is bad, but I can definitely say that for the vast majority of people in that country, life is better now than it was a few years ago. hundred percent. And, and I think your, your, your intuition to be skeptical, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is 100%, 100, you're 100% right because it, it could easily be turned around the populace. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen many examples of this throughout history. I would just say, Ben, like I've never seen this much hope in Latin America in like, I, I can't remember uh, mm -hmm. an example in, in my life that we've seen this. Now, is it going to be, you know, a Greek tragedy where, you know, this eventually becomes tyrannical mm -hmm. or, you know, is, is, or is it going to have a happy ending because Bitcoin is the money? And I think only time will tell. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Uh, well, that's great. Can Nico, before you go, can I show you one thing? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm going on a tangent here, but let's, uh, <laughs> uh, I I've got to bring up something. Uh, it's, it's more local. We'll say it's more Canadian. Uh, and it has to do with, again, of course, central banks and banks fucking the populace. Uh, but, but here we go. You may have missed this headline, but for my Canadians out there, uh, it's from the Toronto Star, and it says, as interest rates continue to rise, some variable rate mortgage borrowers are seeing their amortization periods extend to 60, 70, even 90 years. <laughs> Canada's federal regulator is now acting to reduce the risk posed by such forever mortgages. So if you have a variable rate mortgage and you, re and you were kind of on the cusp of like, they, they had like, 
stress tests to see if you could afford your mortgage if if rates went up by like a certain percent, which was like way less than what they've actually gone up by. Um, well, now you could be stuck uh, with your bank being like, well, either you uh, go into foreclosure with your house or what we could do is we could take your existing mortgage with the rates as they are and your, you know, make your make your payments basically the same as they were, except for you're going to pay us for the next 90 years. And that's basically you're just you're you've now made a down payment on a home. You're going to continue paying your mortgage forever and then you're going to die before you pay it off and then they'll probably just repossess your house then and then sell it again this is the world that we're currently living in i made a little uh i made a meme about it um <laughs> my parents in their 30s let's buy a house me in my 30s one day i'll save up enough for the down payment on a 90 year mortgage and that this is the world we live in now so <laughs> so so here we are and uh Good luck with your 90 year mortgages. I mean, this is going to break, right? Like yeah. the, the one of two things that will happen. Um, the government will be like, you're not allowed to put people in 90 year mortgages. And then the banks will be like, all right, I guess everybody just fucking defaults with the rates the way they are. And then we get another housing crisis or um, they, they lower rates and, and then we just get more and more inflation. Like it's, it's basically, which one do you want? Or everybody gets stuck with high rates and 90 year mortgages. So we've kind of got like three shitty paths to go down or the secret back way path is buy Bitcoin. Yep, exactly. Buy Bitcoin, opt out of this fucking bullshit. Uh, and that meme I think is so fitting because it <laughs> describes it so well. And and then and this, this is the other frustrating thing, right? Is like the, like one of the things, I'm not saying all, right? Mm. But like one of the things that, you know, you, I've heard like messages from parents and stuff. It's like, just work hard. So yeah. rest, it's like when you were growing up, it was a whole lot easier to buy shit. Uh, yeah. Now they're literally telling us you'll owe nothing and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh, uh, out of compliance says you're virtually renting. It's worse than renting because you made a down payment and you will still never own the home. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. They, they yeah. just keep extending it. Like they, they, they just, they just keep yeah. like extending this, this fakeness. Yeah. Let's, um, let's make a law. So like the, the next thing will be like, all right, we've got to institute laws where if you take out a 90 year mortgage and you don't, and you die before it's paid off, that debt gets bestowed upon your children and your grandchildren. So you just yep. have entire generations of slaves. Do you want generational slavery or generational wealth? You've got two paths. Pick one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, Ben, this was awesome. This, everyone, this was your Simply Sessions. Ben, I'll literally see you in an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll chat about it on the show in a moment. Uh, all right. See you soon, dude. Peace out, man. Take it All easy. Right, later. Okay, everybody. A few more things. Let's let's touch on before uh, before we tap out here. Uh, a couple things. Cold card Q1 progressing. Check it out. Uh, calculator crew, getting excited. Uh, this is what the Q1 is. Again, they're just like kind of going through the printing process, figuring out what it's going to look like and everything. This is a clear. Um, clear version of the cold card Q1 full keyboard numbers up down cancel NFC QR scanner all that stuff it even has a flashlight and it's powered by regular batteries so anyways uh, looks awesome I'm super stoked uh, it's it's a 
TI-83 calculator or a BlackBerry, whatever you prefer. Same deal. Anyways, there we go. Um, I've got to give a huge shout out to Max DeMarco. He just dropped uh, his Noster documentary. Uh, it's uh, just called Social Media is Broken. Can we fix it? You can find it on YouTube. Share it around. Watch it. Also, send him some sats. He's on Geyser Fund and everything. Go find it. All the links will be down below. Um, it's awesome. It's really cool. He did an amazing job, as he always does. Uh, what else we got here? I just saw this drop from Dan, um, from uh, Darren Honeyset. Uh, he is another YouTube Bitcoin educator, and I'm tr really trying to pump up any other Bitcoin educators that are out there that are doing step-by-step -step tutorials. Actually, stepping back, uh, Max DeMarco did make also a tutorial on Nostra, uh, which he'll link in the show notes. But back to uh, Darren here. He did a, a tutorial on Start9, getting set up with your Start9 server, um, setting up Bitcoin Core, linking it to a wallet, all that good stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's it's all here. Um, you can find him just Darren Honeyset on YouTube uh, or D Honeyset on Twitter. He's also on Noster and you can find him there. Um, but yeah, give the tutorial some love, share it around. The more Bitcoin educators we have, the better. You can never have too much of this stuff. So shout out to Darren um, for dropping this. Uh, I also dropped a tutorial earlier this week on the Bitcoin ring or the Bolt ring. It's basically a, a tap NFC ring that is linked to a lightning wallet that you control. And you can use it for quick tips and small payments. Um, you can lock it out whenever you don't want to use it, all that kind of stuff. You have full control. You can control it from your phone. Um, yeah, super awesome. Check it out. I don't know if they're for sale yet, uh, but they should be soon. I got an early one uh, while I was in Prague, so really cool. So check out that tutorial. Uh, and then what are we doing tonight? Uh, Pacific Bitcoin uh, and Swan, they're putting on uh, Pacific Bitcoin uh, happy hour and game night. They're doing like a Hollywood squares type thing tonight. It's going to be myself, Nico, Tatum, uh, Crypto Mags, uh, Kenny Florian, Katie the Russian. We've got others joining in is my understanding. And then Neil Jacobs will be the host. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this one. It should be a good time. Um, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much all I got to tell you. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Make sure you tune in shortly for uh, Hollywood Squares, whatever that becomes. It's going to be on YouTube. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll uh, in fact, I'll I've already retweeted it, but I'm going to do a, an extra retweet right now. So it should be the top feed. Um, anyways, thank you guys. Of course. Like, subscribe, share. All those are helpful. If you want to help the show in another way, hit the sponsors. Hoddle, hoddle, coin kite, nunchuck, start nine. Um, you can also, on my website, uh, btcsessions.ca, if you need to book me for one-on-ones, if you need some extra help setting up whatever you need to set up, uh, just head over there. Um, if you really liked what you saw, you can uh, actually... One other thing I was going to say, if you are setting up one-on-ones, I'm going to be in Europe for the majority of the summer starting this Sunday. I've got select days. I can do one-on-one. -on -one. So if the uh, European time zones are a bit more comfortable for you, this may be the time to book a one-on-one -on -one session. I'm not doing too many days while I'm over there, but like twice a week, I will have a full day that I can be booked for. So just keep an eye out. If you do need to book a session, then do it now because I'm sure the days are going to probably fill up if I have limited amounts. But anyways, um, I digress. If you really like the show, uh, you can always drop me a tip, uh, send me a Bitcoin tip 
uh, via Lightning. Just scroll down on my website. There's a QR code there. And if you click on it, it'll take you directly to my guys on page. You can even leave little comments if you go to the Fun page when you send some sats. Anyways, enough of my rambling, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, thank you to everybody in the chat. I appreciate you. Uh, you guys are awesome. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Have a great day or evening, wherever you may be. See you guys next time for your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin.